2: You're listening to Kicked Back, presented by Uber One. Uber One is a membership that lets you save across Uber Eats, Uber Rides, and everything in between. Enjoy unlimited $0 delivery fees, 5% off of Eats, 5% off of Rides, and if you join Uber One today, you can get your first month free. Visit uber.com slash Uber One for details. Great day to talk some football. What's up, everyone? You're listening to Kicked Back, presented by Uber One. Liam, how are you?
1: I'm good. Massive Bolton win yesterday actually. Yeah, how you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling good. We were down two uh sorry, one nil to Burton going into the eighty seventh minute. Okay. And then Bakioko puts one into the back of the net. One one. Ninety seventh minute. John Daddy Babatson wins <laughs> the game. Two one Bolton win. Massive. So-
2: Massive wins for both of our teams. Yes. For yes. those listening, I'm wearing my AC Milan cap today because we had a nice 4 nothing win, which was much needed.
1: That was ne- very necessary. It was necessary. absolutely
2: necessary. Uh, we'll talk about Chelsea here later in the show, but I did not give them nearly enough credit. I did not think <laughs> that they'd do well, but since sacking Tuchel, that, that, Chelsea's been doing well.
1: That was the... Uh that was their Achilles heel.
0: I,
2: I'm i starting to...
1: Things have changed a lot. It's a credit to Graham Potter it, and how good of a manager he is.
2: It, honestly, okay, we'll get to Chelsea. Uh, it's just so much going on. But we were also keeping an eye on, because right now as we're speaking, there are Champions League games happening. So, Victoria Pleasant versus Inter. Inter needs to... If Inter tie or beat Victoria Pleasant, Barcelona are out of here.
1: Smiley They're
2: out of here. Uh, so we're keeping an eye on that. And then Liam brought up a great point. Club Bruges versus Porto. We got a lot of Canadian superstars in that matchup.
1: Mm-hmm. So if Club Bruges win, mm-hmm. they they've already qualified for the next round. Yep. But they secure first in the group. Oh wow! So nice. it's a big game. That's a big huge game, game. Yeah. So
2: and we were just saying a second ago, we we know that Tejan Buchanan has been out with injury here and there, but watching him play for Club Bruges right now is so hopeful for Canadian football fans because yeah. this is our this is our golden ticket guy.
1: He is <laughs> he is gonna he's gonna turn some turn some heads I in this so World too. Cup.
2: I think so. I'm too.
1: excited to watch him. Though
2: uh, you know who's not turning heads or turning heads for all the wrong reasons? Juventus. Yes. <laughs> I they love just, it
1: turning heads just spinning and spinning just driving people crazy i know
2: juve fans exactly that their heads are spinning non-stop yeah. but honestly for all the wrong reasons juventus are out of the champions league lost to benfica for nothing they kind of had a little bit of a push towards the end mm-hmm. but too little too late uh and what a mess what a mess for one of the most legendary italian football clubs
1: yeah well the best in the last decade, right? Besides this last season, like they have been the pinnacle of Serie A. And it's interesting to think about, because there was not really like a ton of competition for them during that 10 years, obviously teams (laughs) competed and stuff like Napoli had a good year. I think Roma, Inter, but for the most part, like AC Milan and Inter weren't at their best of what they had been in the past. And now it's like, Oh, well, these two teams are great again. And, Here's Juventus just falling down now that there's actually, like, competition. Like, it's kind of interesting timing.
2: Uh, Well, competition, then also massive question marks with certain results. The only question I have is, how is Allegri still coach of this team?
1: I don't get it either. Like, do they not want to progress? Like, do they just not see the team is good enough to work under him at the same time? then that's like whoever's buying these players needs to also be sacked because you're not bringing in the right guys. Like Di Maria is mm-hmm. obviously great and he's been really good for them to his credit, but there's a lot of other guys just like, what is It's not going well. And I guess injuries have played a little bit. like Pogba hasn't been able to play, but how, how much difference is one man going to make like this? It just needed an entire overhaul or just, just something needs to change. And it, it the season's gone. You're not winning Syria. You're already out of the Champions League. At least if you sack Allegri or whoever, whatever changes you make, maybe you can get some momentum. Maybe you can go do something in the Europa League if you even get there at this point because I'm pretty sure Maccabi Haifa now hold the... Sorry, no. The Juventus do. goal difference is what's holding them up because Maccabi Haifa <laughs> got absolutely thumped by PSG yesterday, yeah. which was kind of too bad. But yeah, like... That's what I would do. I think my plan would be is like, okay, we're done in this competition. We're done in this one. Let's go see what we can do in Europa League.
2: Well, the facts are there. Juventus is eighth in Serie A. They now fail to get out of their Champions League group for the first time since 2013. And I understand football is a team sport, and you can't solely put it on one guy. But these are big losses, big exit out of these tournaments. And yeah, some of their rosters injured, but they still have really good players on the pitch. So. You lose to teams like Monza and Maccabi Haifa and then Allegri comes out of that game against Maccabi Haifa and says it was a challenge, but it's even more beautiful now. What an odd thing to say after giving a team and a club their first Champions League win in 20 years to then go against Benfica and get bullied.
1: Yeah. Like, don't
2: let that scoreline fool you. Benfica played so well and completely took Juve out of it.
1: They were way better.
2: Right? So then we've seen coaches get sacked for way less And at some point, the club has to ask themselves, what changes are we going to make? Because everything is on fire, and they are choosing to ignore the problem.
1: Yeah. Well, they're 10 points off Napoli (laughs) to win win the Serie A right now. They are, what's that, five points out of a Champions League spot. Like, they might go into next season and not have European football. Like, we're seeing one of the best teams in the like one of the best clubs in the world just crumble mm-hmm. at the moment. And it's it's so odd to see. And I kind of mentioned it before, like Syria does kind of go through these phases where like these big teams do fall down. And we've seen it in the Premier League too, with like, well, United mm-hmm. coming back up a little bit, Arsenal, Liverpool right now, to an extent, I suppose. So like it comes in waves, but it just seems very odd that like so many guys have left, and like they've not been replaced with like quality. Like mm-hmm. Buffon left, and like Chesney's a good goalie, but he's not world class like Buffon was. Chiellini less, and he's not really been replaced that so well. Like Benucci's old. Benucci's he, he, old, and like they, they've got good attackers. Like I like Vlavic and uh, Milik, Milik, another yep. another um, Polish guy, and uh, the talents there. Now it's just like, how are you going to execute to make this team? great again and like get back into this Serie A which is becoming so great yep. again and Juventus is falling off and they're mm-hmm. being replaced with Napoli, Lazio, Atalanta, Roma. is higher than them in the league right now. Like Udinese almost got relegated last season. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know what and we've, we were talking about this offline, and we'll talk about it in the episode. One of our problems with Barcelona, 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 Barcelona is that we love Xavi as, as a footballer who played the game one of the best. Mm. But as a manager, he's not doing the game to game things and fixing those areas that need to be fixed for the next game. And that's obvious with Allegri, with this Juventus team, there have been so many things that need to be cleaned up and haven't been, and they haven't been addressed. And that's why Juventus keeps seeing these losses that are completely unexplainable. Monza. (laughs) You know, like Mons is getting thumped by many teams and Juve somehow lost to them. And it, to me, it just, you can't chalk that up to like, oh, an off day when they're now facing a Champions League exit. And that's the tough reality for managers, right? Like, we've been talking about it since the start of our Kickback show. There have been many managers who have been sacked that we said it's undeserving or it's deserving, but at the end of the day, their job is to kind of address these issues, create that change, mm-hmm. make that, you know, pivotal change in the lineup, in tactics, and whatever it has to be to come out the next day and be better. So, I don't know, everyone's saying that uh, Juventus has to call Zinedine Zidane to do the job. He did say, Zidane said he is going to return to coaching. Rumor has it that he's waiting for the French national job to open up. But man, would I love to see him come and maybe take on a Juventus. um, I'm trying to think of another team that even, uh, it would be sick to see Zidane in the Premier League. uh, Yeah, there was
1: talk about him coming to United.
2: Which would have been unreal.
1: Yeah, it says Zidane to Juventus. That would be cool. That would be good to see. I. He's I, bigger
2: than Juve. Yeah,
1: he is. He right? is. And he's a legend there too. And I just... How do I word this? I, I don't like seeing these... I like seeing the best teams be the best. Like, and obviously it's good to have like Cinderella stories, like mm-hmm. the Leicester when they won the Premier League. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like even Napoli this season. But I still... The point that I like the Champions League because you see the best against the best and Juventus just haven't brought their best at all. And... Yeah, they just got to gotta find that piece. And Allegri's not it. Like, everyone spoke about it before the season even started. Like, this it won't be good. And now here we are. They're in eighth in Serie A, heading to the Europa League with not a lot of promise down the road at the moment, unfortunately.
2: He has the most job security I've ever seen. It's crazy. Uh- Brendan matches yeah, I, don't, I don't understand, but you know, definitely, uh, and this is an empathetic comment for me. It's definitely a tough situation for Juventus fans to be in. I feel bad to an extent for Juve fans because again, everything's on fire. And instead of management looking at the situation and saying changes, this is at this point, changes have to be done. They're like Allegri stays. Yeah. You know, we're choosing to ignore it. Like, you know, that one meme with like the house on fire in the background?
1: <laughs> everything's fine. Yeah,
2: everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's you, babe, right now.
1: Yeah, the one I was thinking of too is the, do uh, you know, Kermit the Frog when he's yeah. sipping the tea? He's yes, like, this yeah. is none of my yeah, business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I feel like the Juventus board is right now. Probably. It's like, oh, Allegri's burning the place down. It's like, oh, that doesn't matter We to should me. make
2: both those memes like, and put yeah, them out on the 90th good. minute. That would be kay. good. The, I'd say, uh,
1: actually, sorry, quickly. Yeah? I mentioned Brendan Rogers, Did by chance you see his quote nope. from the weekend? so. They played whoever they, I can't remember who they played, but he made an excuse oh, no. that the reason his team lost was because they played at 1230 and the heat affected them. Oh. It was 16 degrees.
2: So he took a page out of Klopp's book. Yeah. It's perfectly <laughs> yeah.
1: good weather to be playing football in. And Wait, how, what was the weather? 16 degrees. That's
2: actually the perfect climate. Yeah.
1: That's like, what's that, like 66 Fahrenheit? Yeah. I think something like that. So yeah, like for whatever reason blame the weather well, meanwhile they've just had the warmest summer in british history like one of the warmest ever and they couldn't win then and now it's getting colder and they still can't win them oh so goodness. and james madison is injured i so love i live
2: i live for those quotes by the way guys i live for Klopp and and all these guys saying stuff like that because it's just when you hear it you know they're deflecting
1: yeah it's it's crazy, it's crazy.
2: Uh Benfica, we need to give Benfica a shout out cuz like I said, don't let that score fool you. Juve was out of that game for a, a large majority of it and Benfica right now uh obviously qualified for the round of 16, top in the Portuguese league, 20 games unbeaten in all competitions and just the potential for a sleeper team right now. Like Benfica yeah. fans, it was interesting. I was kind of looking at their uh, how they were talking about the Juve Benfica game. And they were saying that they were actually upset at Benfica for letting Juve like not almost get back into it, but score those late goals. And I'm like, there's just such a high standard set for this club that the players are playing up to, but the fans hold them to a high standard too. That I'm like, this, this is a team that could probably make some noise if they keep on this path.
1: Well, it's funny, isn't it? When you get the, like champions league is the winner. They're the winners. They're the champions. So yeah, like i Benfica is a very historic club. Like they went a lot in the Portuguese league. So yeah, I, I've fans. It's funny. Cause we, we won't think of that. Like, yeah. you know, like Maccabi Haifa going to Juventus, like I said, like, Oh, Juventus should yeah. walk all over them. And I say, like, well, Maccabi Haifa is a champion. They're the champions of Israel. And like, they have a high standard to how they should yeah. perform. And, yeah, it's funny. I guess like sometimes you we don't think of the other perspective of it. And yeah, that's a good example of Benfica. they like their fans have standards and they're expected to be to be hit, which I love. Yeah, I do too. I think it's awesome.
2: Uh PSG versus Maccabi Haifa cuz we're talking about Maccabi Haifa a lot. I was praying that this would be like a two-time upset for this team. Uh, but PSG, man, Liam, I know this is your your pick to win the Champions League. They just are such an offensive threat. It's disgusting how good their offense is. What is it?
1: I think I think was made a video on it or put something out like before the other players scored on PSG, like Mbappe, Messi, and Neymar. It's called like the last 18 goals yeah, I, or I, something I,
2: like that I for believe, PSG. Yeah, I believe 18 was the number.
1: Which is nuts to see like they're so so good and obviously we all know that but yeah like this game you never expect a 7-2 yeah. but i wasn't that surprised to yep. see psg yep. walk all over them um i wish it was just a little bit closer but psg i think he's just trying to get back in the rhythm of things like neymar came out flying to start the season and he's been good obviously mm-hmm. to maintain it but then he, he kind of you got to give balance to your team. Like you got to give them a break every now and then. I think that's what happened in yeah. a couple of games off. And now it feels like they're right back in it again. So PSG, they're, they're dangerous. We haven't heard anything from Mbappe in a couple of weeks since we spoke about him. So honestly, maybe well, that's quieted down a little bit, which is good for them.
2: Despite the scoreline, because I know my takes on PSG, I I want them to prove me wrong. I'd love to see Messi win the Champions League with PSG and Neymar and Mbappe to do well. It's just my favorite takeaway from that game was seeing the big three, if you want to call them that, happy. They're hugging, they're happy, they're celebrating, they're passing to each other. Um, And two goals for Messi, two goals for Mbappe, one for Neymar. Mbappe having four goals and three assists in his last two matches. Like, this guy's on fire. We already where's our timeout, Erling Holland, but Mbappe's in that conversation as well. Just when those three are on, and of course there's other players around them, Hakimi being one of them, uh, they're such an offensive threat. But again, I'm still very hesitant with this PSG team because I want to know what they look like when they're taking on, you know, let's throw out a Benfica, a Napoli, a Real Madrid, a City, how their defense handles a good offensive threat and also how they're able to play... And resume their style of play when they're taking on a top club team.
1: Yeah, because we've it's kind of something that's you know they went to the Champions League final. What was that? Twenty twenty, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. and they lost to Bayern. So, but besides that, like we keep seeing them stumble against the bigger teams, not bigger teams, I guess, bigger level teams. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like this is this is it now. Like you've got this big three. You're going out. You're winning every game. You're supposed to win in the Champions League, and now what do you, what's next? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do now that you've qualified for this next round? What if they play like a AC Milan, for yeah. example, or even like Leipzig, who will get to eventually, like you just beat Real Madrid, like
2: with a really it, good player. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> Everyone's talking about right now.
1: So uh, like even Liverpool, like Liverpool is going to be up for grabs against PSG. This, uh, it's going to be some interesting second round qualifying games. And, Kind of hope PSG gets a really good team just to kind of prove themselves a little bit.
2: They need to, and I think that's a great way to put it. I think that they're, of course, a, a good team with great players, but they, for me, I think that's the best way to put it, Liam. They still have to prove themselves.
1: Yeah, well, it's like City as well, right? Like the only team exactly. that has really proven themselves, Real I guess, is a couple like Liverpool. Liverpool yeah. won yeah. not that long ago. Real Madrid have won, obviously, Bayern. multiple times. Bayern Munich recently. And then you have the next level of even, we'll throw Barcelona in there. Like, there. they're then obviously not, more than likely not going to be in a Champions League final this year. But them, City and PSG, I would put those next three teams as, like, okay, it's time to prove yourself. And mm-hmm. I would say Barcelona's a little bit further back than City and PSG. But eventually, there's, a, yeah. there's kind of the three.
2: Uh, one thing I want to note is just how, yeah, I'm, I literally <laughs> I love that you have all this streaming, guys. We're we're doing we're multitasking here. Yes. We're watching Champions League football and we're delivering our thoughts from uh, yesterday's matches. But how easy and effortless Messi makes the game look is truly. An honor. I feel like when I watch him, I'm like, I'm so grateful to be watching Messi do what he does because people are like, oh, he's playing Maccabi Haifa. He should be doing this. But no, that's a talent and skill set that Messi has on his own. The way he finds a lane, the way he's able to execute these moments, having two goals and two assists in a game. He's 37. How old is he actually? 34. 34. 30, he's Ronaldo's 37. 30, he's 34 years old. You know, this guy right now, um, you know, has the most group stage goals in Champions League history with 78, has 11 goals total this season, and that was his overall goal total last season. He's feeling himself right now. And this is why I say Messi's taking Argentina to the promised land. Messi's going to win a world cup. He's just, he's, he's finding his stride. He still has a little bit more left in the, in the tank to kind of find that next level. And I think he's going to peak at the right time in Qatar, but just how seamless and effortless this guy is when he plays. I'm blown away every time.
1: If Messi and Argentina win the world cup, I think Messi has locked up the Ballon d'Or before the season even continues on. Like, he's already off to such a great start with uh, PSG compared mm-hmm. to what he did last season. Yep. He has 15 goals overall, 12 assists with international games mm-hmm. in there too. So, yeah, like, he's well on track. Like, obviously, Haaland's having a great yep. season with um, City, Neymar too with PSG. But, like, I feel like winning the World Cup is really going to put, like, a stamp on who's going to win the Ballon d'Or. Haaland's not going.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. So so that he's going
1: to have to do a lot of work. I think to put himself, I think I, if I was to rank them right now, I would say Haaland is probably the likely winner of the Ballon d'Or, but I think Neymar and Messi both have that Trump card over him because they're going to the world cup and they are going to, they're legends in their own country, right? they legends of the game. But I think just bringing the World Cup to those places is going to oh. almost go. On.
2: <laughs> and, and you know what? I totally agree with you. And, <clears throat> and with the Ballon d'Or, sometimes I get frustrated. Um, you guys know, hearing me speak on the show often. But, and I think what Holland is doing is, again, he's make we're witnessing him make history. But if Messi wins the World Cup in his probably his last ever World Cup, let's assume that, he he should win the Ballon d'Or. And the same thing, if Neymar is able to do something special, the same thing with Neymar, because they are legends, like you said, in their own right. At that point, let them go out with every accolade that they deserve. And at that point, it would be the most well-deserved win of his entire career.
1: Yeah, it would be. I think I've said this before, but Neymar is such an intriguing player because mm-hmm. he feels like... He's great. Like, he is going to go down as one of the best players ever to play. And he feels like he's one of those guys that just kind of went away for a couple of years. And we just kind of all forgot how good he, he is. And what is he? He's like second all time in Brazilian. Let yeah. me look this up before I go on a little tangent. He's one for-
2: of the, he was one of, while you look it up, one of our best generational talents. But I think injuries kind of plagued him. Definitely. And Definitely. I think that's kind of where he took some time off. And then there was some drama with PSG. Watch his documentary on Netflix. It's so good. I, I do have to get it. It's on so that. good. And I think because of injuries and then him maybe not fitting as well as he wanted to in with this PSG team. Now he's kind of back to full health. He's finding his stride. Him and Messi go way back, man. Even mm-hmm. to Barcelona days. He loves playing with him. And we're seeing him. I'm, I'm praying find the old Neymar before Brazil enter this World Cup.
1: 75 goals in 121 games for Brazil. Yeah,
2: nuts, man.
1: So he's gonna he's second all time behind Pelé. You had 77 and Shut 92. Shut up. Yeah. He's
2: right behind Pelé. Yeah, See, that's exactly so. to your point. You would never think that. No, you wouldn't. Have, think about how many other players. The Brazilian Ronaldo. He's
1: third. Rivaldo. Seventh. Rubinho. Yeah, like these Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho. These are,
2: Ronaldinho, these are Sico, all yeah.
1: so many guys. I Pato mean.
2: was one of them back in the day. Yeah. These but, are such good strikers and yeah. Neymar's Ahead of them
1: he's a, gonna be a well I would imagine he gets ahead of Pele pretty quickly he needs two goals so he's oh, obviously like 30 more games than Pele but he's not like he hasn't Pele won three World Cups Neymar hasn't won any which kind of shows the level of talent that Pele was playing with compared to Neymar yes so it's very impressive and I just he's one of those guys that is he's obviously in the conversation he's he's a great football player but yeah, it just feels like someone who's maybe slipped through the cracks a little bit. And now he's coming back and being like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, this guy is really, really good.
2: And and I hate, you know, you guys know how I feel. Everyone's like, oh, he's playing well because he's in a farmer's Like, No, no, because he's he's just that good to, to be second on that list for all time scores for one of the best countries in our game. Probably the best. I would assume that. Yeah, I would say that. And I have no problem, you know, fighting the trolls. Um he is an unreal generational talent and so many players have came out to say that he's the hardest player to play against because of his speed Mm -hmm. and how quick his feet move. Um, So I'm, I I hope there's two guys I'd love to win the golden boot at this world cup and it'd be Benzema and Neymar. One of those two.
1: Mine's Harry Kane or Raheem (laughs) Sterling. (laughs) You
2: know, I read a crazy stat the other day. It said Harry Kane has never won a, a, like a trophy in his career.
1: No, because he plays for Tottenham.
2: Yeah, but like that's <laughs> wild to think about.
1: It is funny, isn't it? Yeah, just one of those clubs that just can never get over the line. Like, he's been to a Champions League final. He's been to a European a Euro 2020 final, right? And But yeah, just never... He's
2: another guy that I think has slipped through the cracks, yeah. unfortunately for him. He,
1: he needs... He needs to win a trophy with Tottenham. <sighs> Even if it's just like an FA Cup or something. <laughs> like he needs to need win a World Cup. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, he needs to <laughs> win a World Cup. Be nice.
2: um, sidebar, because this was a, you know, Manchester City Dortmund both, you know, getting through to the round of 16. Did you see that penalty kick that Mara's missed? Have you city? seen
1: like he's he's missed
2: like a hundred? So so many. <laughs> yeah.
1: I saw a lot of people on Twitter were like, "How is this guy still taking penalties?"
2: So th- uh, that's what I wanted to say. Okay, so he missed one against Copenhagen when the score was zero zero, and then he missed one against Dortmund when the score was 0-0. So City could have easily won that game. Mm-hmm. Not easily, but they could have with that penalty yeah. kick if he scored it. Um, that was his 25th missed penalty under Pep out of 80 attempts. Whoa. So he Pep, had 80 attempts? 80 too? attempts. That's crazy. Pep is handing out tryouts. And like, like he. I get what Pep was probably trying to do. Like, let's give this guy some confidence. He missed the one against Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. He's going to bury this one. But... Um, But to be quite honest, there's one thing my dad always told me when I played. He said, when you take a penalty, because I was a player who would take penalties, he said the easiest goal for a goalie to save, the easiest ball, is one in mid range when it's not too high, when it's not yeah. too low, all they have to do is dive and stick out their hand essentially when it's in their wheelhouse. So he goes, always keep it low. He, high is a risk for me. Like I would, I would somehow kind of get it lower, but keeping it low, keeping it to the ground. I always had a good success rate with that. Mars is hitting the mid range. <laughs> and I mean, it was a great save by uh coble, but to miss that many pep has to stop handing out these like attempts for him
1: have you ever heard that apparently the best penalty taker on city is edison really apparently in practice he has like a perfect record like he hits Shit. them every single time but obviously like he doesn't take them in game i actually think he might have taken one before i can't remember but this uh, apparently in practice like set piece maestro like yeah. hits all his free kicks it's every penalty, but they obviously don't want to march him up the field just in case he misses. But yeah, like with a team that good with so many talented players, like how is Haaland not taking him? I've seen him scoring for Dortmund yeah. multiple times. I think he, I think Haaland was the on corner. the bench
2: at that point. I think yeah, he took him off Okay, yeah.
1: okay. But like this, there's, there's just endless players. Yeah, no, there's I know. There's like so many guys. It's like, how. I, you'd have to imagine this is the last time, right? You but also, hope. if he's taking eighty, I'm not sure if it is the last time. Pep
2: man, I feel like Pep's like I just want to get this conf- this guy's confidence back. But you gotta somehow what? like. Reality Messi's good at scoring goals a great free kick taker but he's average you yeah. know and maybe a little below average when it comes to taking penalties it's not a knock on Messi but just sometimes these guys aren't the person to take the penalty we see, our flaws. we do you sometimes <laughs> see goalkeepers go and take a penalty yeah. because they're good at it yeah. Mara's not the guy Pat the guy
1: <laughs> listen to us no it's that's very interesting isn't right? it? it just yeah I don't know you, you get it if you're a team. Say he was still on Leicester, yeah, and he's like, okay, well, Mars is our best player, so he's going to take the penalties. And then he's like, what the heck? And now he's on City. He's like, you have your second team is better than half the teams in the world.
2: Um, (laughs) Honestly, yeah, I feel bad for Mars, uh, but at the same time, I'm like, that's a that's a Pep. That's a I think a mishap on Pep's part.
1: I think. Think if the situation was more crucial, somebody else would be taking the penalty. 100%. I agree.
2: But, That's yeah. true. Um, Real Madrid.
0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host. I,
2: no, no stress about this 3-2 loss because they're fine. But what's crazy um, is that Leipzig are the first team to beat Real Madrid this season. Uh, so Real Madrid were on a twenty-game unbeaten streak, and that was their first loss since May eighth. It is October twenty-sixth. That is wild.
1: That is a pretty good win. It's pretty
2: <laughs> that, honestly, yeah. If I'm anyone on Leipzig, I'm flexing on that for the rest of the year. I'm like, we beat, we gave Real Madrid their first loss. I'm
1: sure they beat them a few seasons ago too. It's just kind of nuts, but yeah, like. Leipzig's kind of been on a weird run in Bundesliga like they started off poorly I'm pretty yeah. sure they sacked their manager they were like 19th now they've kind of climbed back up they're in 8th they're in now so they're getting back to yeah. their standards again but yeah like I guess for Real Madrid like sometimes you just take those nights off like Benzema didn't play yeah um Carver Howell didn't play, like, Rudiger played left-back. There was, like, a guy, so Mendy didn't play. Yeah. There was, like, a bunch of players out. I Like, obviously, it didn't matter too heavily. Yeah. But for Leipzig, like, they needed that win. Yep. To, like, keep keep progressing into the Champions League. Like, Shakhtar, I believe, was kind of knocking on the door a little bit. Yeah, like, Shakhtar, if they didn't win, they'd be, t- they'd be level with Shakhtar right now and probably compete, like, they're probably going to qualify now for the next round. But, yeah, like... Yeah. For Real Madrid, yeah. It, does, it doesn't mean a lot to me, you know? Like It
2: doesn't. Yeah. Be, and you know what? It was interesting because when you'd see Carlo Ancelotti's face, he still looked pissed off. And that's what I love about him is he's like, this is unacceptable from yeah. players. You know, some of the star players aren't playing, but we should still be winning.
1: A, a level, a standard of winning. Exactly, right? That's, like, that's
2: why I'm not worried yeah. about this Real Madrid team is they have the right manager in place who knows what, what he's doing. Uh, but then Leipzig, you know, one guy in particular, everyone's talking about right now, Christopher Nkunku, uh, French footballer, 24 years old. Old, plays up top, scored against Real Madrid and finished the game with a ninety percent uh, passing accuracy rate, which I love to see because passing to me is huge, right? Like if you have a striker who can score goals but is also really good at keeping the ball, he's a good player. Uh, everyone's talking about right now which big club he's going to sign to, and the rumor is that Chelsea's like all over him.
1: Well, I was and they need him. Yeah, they do. They need they him. Do. I was surprised. I Kai Havertz. I did a really nice goal yesterday yeah. to his credit. I was going to tweet about it, then I decided. You know what? said too many bad things. I can't go back on my word. But but in Cuckoo, like he had a great season last year, like Ballon d'Or nominee. I think he finished in the top, might've been 11th or something like that. I can't remember. I didn't, I didn't scan after number two, I'll be
0: honest. (laughs)
1: um, Yeah. He's not quite getting as many as like last season. He had 13 assists, which is nuts. Yeah. 20 goals. But right now eight assists in Bundesliga. And I think, uh, sorry, eight goals. And I think that was kind of a reason why they weren't doing as well. Like, he yeah. wasn't producing as much as he was. But he's a great player. And I would love right? to see him come to the Premier League. But, yeah, like, high high end. He's only 24. Yep. So, Chelsea would be a good spot. Probably Manchester United, too. Mm. Like, I think those two teams are going to be in the conversation for him. And then, who knows, like, maybe Barcelona like maybe if they kind of can't get things going and give Lewandowski a bit of run support then maybe Encucu's a guy who could go there.
2: I'd love to see him at Chelsea. We'll talk we'll, we'll talk about the rumors around Chelsea right now but they need that depth up top. Yeah. So it'd be like the perfect fit to be quite honest. Who would? Who knows? Uh, I'm not a fan of United right now uh, and Barcelona fans have rubbed me the wrong way. So (laughs) I'd like for him to go to Chelsea. But quickly, before we move on from Real Madrid, Uh, fun fact here, because they lost, Napoli and PSG remained the only two unbeaten teams in Europe's top five leagues. That's crazy to think about. It's
1: crazy to think that Napoli Napoli. is one of those teams in such a competitive Serie A.
2: When there's a day... If this happens that there's not so much happening on, we should dedicate a full or half episode to Napoli and what they're doing this year. Yeah,
1: we should. There's a guy on TikTok. I quite like watching his videos. Like, we'll get him on. Yeah, we can talk to him. I won't tease his name. Okay. I got it in my head.
2: That's crazy so, though, no? Like Napoli oh, and PSG. It's nuts.
1: It's nuts. Especially like we've said it before, but like the amount of players that have left Napoli, especially. <laughs> <laughs> like PSG doesn't surprise me overly, just yeah. Obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, but Napoli like crazy. Just uh yeah. Like they've obviously got the uh, Kraviscalia, I believe is. I've been, I've been practicing.
2: Is that the Cavada Donna? Yes.
1: Okay. I think that's how you say his name. I maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna keep going, but he has turned that team around, and honestly, it is unbelievable yeah. how this guy just came from absolutely nowhere. Like he was playing in the Georgian Premier League last season, and now here we are talking about him as. He's one of the best players in the world. And it's unbelievable that Napoli, like credit to Napoli being like, oh, wow, this guy is going to step in. And I had kind of heard like a couple of things about him over the summer. People being like, you know, when you see those articles, it's like players to watch. And he was like one of them. And I watched him I was like, holy smokes. Like the things he can do... Mm there's There's very, very few players in the world that can do what he do. And I think that's a big reason, that is the big reason why Napoli have just been able to do it. And it, it, just a, a massive credit to that team. Just the the talent they have yeah. is not as good as it has been in the past, yet somehow they're producing. But that's exactly,
2: that there's just such a team. And I've yeah. said this before on the show I would have loved Ronaldo to go there for obvious reasons. I don't like what's happening at United, but I respect Napoli because I have a feeling that Napoli is the one who said no. And I respect the hell out of Napoli's management for that. Because if you don't need Ronaldo there, don't bring him when your team's able to do it on their own.
1: Yeah. It was actually, uh, I was, I read about this kind of when the rumors were speculating yeah. around and uh, I can't remember exactly who it was. It might've been the president uh, or like director of football, whatever he was at Napoli he basically yeah. came out and said like, We would love to have Ronaldo on our team, but we're not going to pay the price for the amount of money he makes. And also apparently they wanted Osman. Yeah. And they were like, we're not going to give up awesome. for Ronaldo, like it just wouldn't make sense for us in a moment to do that.
2: And how much respect do you have to have for them to like have that gut feeling? And you know, they saw awesome they saw something they really liked in him. They were like, he can fit in our, in our game plan right here. And we're going to stick with him over one of the greatest players of all time." Yeah.
1: And, and think of this kind of leads into our next point, but like the, the way you can market around him, yeah, Ronaldo, and they just like, no, we're we're good, we got our guys, we're gonna we're gonna go do our thing, and then boy oh boy, they are yeah. doing their thing to I, say the least.
2: I will do we'll do an episode dedicated to them um, for sure at some point because I feel like they're going to be in the Champions League for yeah. a while longer. I yeah. mean, I would love to see them win. Imagine they win Serie A and win the Champions League. Oh,
1: it'd be crazy. It'd be it, they just you can't do that well in the league and not become a threat in the champions oh, yeah. league. Like I, I said it that when we did the previous, I really do think this team could do something yeah. now. Luck, luckily for me, they've kind of yeah. proven it pretty well. So hopefully they can keep going. You love to see those teams kind of progress and overcome obstacles, I guess you could say. So yeah, great for them. Now club this just a sidebar. This game is Awesome! Really? This is I'm kind of every time I look at it, there's a chance.
2: Okay, and which so, and Liam's talking about Club Brugge Porto right now,
1: and Estacio had a big one, nice. right over the bar, but there's been a um, it's
2: been a lot Some chances for, I,
1: for a nil-nil game.
2: Yeah, and I just checked Victoria Pleasant and Intern uh, Intern Inter, and we have zero zero right now, which I'm sure when you guys hear this episode, we'll know the full results. Yeah. But <laughs> we're keeping an eye on everything. But yeah, rumor has it that Chelsea wants Ronaldo in January, and <sighs> It seems as though this is all stemming from Chelsea's new owner, Todd Boley. And apparently this is why Tuchel's career ended at Chelsea because Tuchel didn't want Ronaldo to come on board. I'm living for the drama around all of this. To be quite honest right now, I'm reading like every rumor uh, discussion board right now, but I like Tuchel. This guy had big dreams of winning everything uh, solely on defending. It doesn't work that way. If this were to happen, I do think it would benefit all parties. Ronaldo would give that depth up top that Chelsea needs. Um, I definitely don't think Ronaldo's finished. I think right now he's getting a lack of minutes and inconsistent minutes, which you can't, you can argue with me all you guys want, but a footballer can't have a career year if that's happening to them. And I think that Ronaldo needs to get the hell away from Ten Hagen United. So if these two guys, if, if Bowley, if Chelsea's Todd Bowley and Ronaldo came together, joined forces, and it were to become successful, Todd Bowley would look like a genius, like an absolute genius, high risk, high reward.
1: So I I have two thoughts on this. Okay, Let's hear it. So when it initially was rumored in, what was it? August, September, whatever it was, I didn't like the idea because I, I like legacy. Like I like players building the legacy. And I thought, if Ronaldo was to go to Chelsea, it would really dampen his mm-hmm. legacy at Manchester United. However, a lot has changed.
2: However, United has dampened yeah, Ronaldo's legacy. Exactly.
1: That's <laughs> what I was thinking. Yeah. Like they've, they've not helped him progress. So now it's, I don't think United fans would be that upset if he left to go to Chelsea. Um, The Tuchel thing is interesting because Tuchel supposedly really back for a Bamiang to come. Mm-hmm. Well, Ronaldo's better than Bamiang So I mm-hmm. can see why that kind of put a bit of divide in the club. And thirdly, to, to just peel off the Abamiang thing too, like it's not like a Bamiang come in and just lit it up. Like his two goals, both against Milan, ironically enough for yeah. us on his show, but they still need that striker. And Ronaldo had 18 Premier League goals last season. Wherever they're coming from, he scored them. The ball went in the net. And that's what matters. And Graham Potter has done an unbelievable job since he's come into Chelsea. And I, I think he could manage any player in the world, to be honest. And lastly, on the Boley, why do you think it would work for him? So is obviously an American owner. And I think in North America, especially in the US, marketing, Talent is a massive thing. Like, obviously, the yeah. NBA is huge and the way they market their talents. I and mean, I think he's probably seen it from that perspective too. It's like, I can grow my team in the United States where I live. Like, Chelsea obviously is a known team, but oh, got caught of mid, of, there was a little half volley there. That was, that was close. <laughs> so, if Bowley got Ronaldo, I think it would boost Chelsea's market. A lot more in the United States and also China and like everywhere yeah. else in the world. He's a he's a he's an icon. And I think that's where Bowl seeing it too. Is one, he can still play, there's no disputing mm-hmm. that. And two from a mock perspective, is only going to improve the stock of Chelsea Football Club.
2: So, I don't know much about Todd Boley. I'm yeah. going to be honest. I know what he I, likes
1: all-star games.
2: Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. This is what I will say about him. I respect that he has the balls to come into this position mm-hmm. and say the Premier League needs an all-star game and Chelsea should buy uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. In a time where Ronaldo's facing the most adversity in his career and everyone is absolutely shitting on him, uh, let's get him. Let's put him under a good coach now because let's... Mm-hmm be honest, Chelsea looks much different now than they did with Tuchel and give him the opportunity because like you said, he scored 18 Premier League goals last season on a United team that I think everyone was forgetting was shit. And Ronaldo found a way.
1: Yeah, they were terrible.
2: Right? So honestly, Ronaldo comes into this Chelsea team, gives them that depth up top, actually has consistency and respect from a club. Todd Boley looks like a genius. And I think at some point then everyone has a conversation. This Random American guy with a lot of money who came into the club is making the right moves.
1: I'm just looking here now. So Bowley owns 20 percent of the Los Angeles Dodgers and is also a part owner of the Los Angeles Sparks. He's also the owner of Fantasy Sports Company DraftKings.
2: So he knows what he's doing. This he, guy's. This guy, this guy, this guy knows, knows how to make doing. money. If
1: anyone knows, and like maybe a lot of our listeners don't, but the LA Dodgers are easily right. Like it's basically them, the Yankees, and the yep. Red Sox is the biggest teams, biggest biggest names in baseball and the Dodgers have everyone like they have every single star in baseball most of them anyway they're linked to everyone they just splash the cash (laughs) and that's what they truly do every single time like Aaron Judge is being discussed to go there now they would probably have to make him the highest paid player ever and they wouldn't care they would just do it and it feels like that's what Bowley wants to kind of implement into Chelsea a little bit too Mm -hmm. and they have had that with Abramovich in the past as well. Like he really did just go and buy whatever he wanted. So it was successful. And the Dodgers have won World Series recently. And Bowley clearly has an idea of how to how to make this work. And we both said it. Like we we didn't think Chelsea was that good under Tuchel. The, we thought yeah. there was a lot of improvement that needed to come. And clearly so did Top Bowley. He made the right decision to I get agree. rid of Tuchel. Now he has arguably one of the best managers in the Premier League. Like, when you really put it into perspective, like, I would say Graham Potter's probably top three if that's not too much of a a shout. Like, he's right up there with Guardiola and the way he can just, like, make this team work Mm -hmm. so well under a manager who is world-class under Tuchel. And I think Tuchel's a very good manager, but... Potter has come in and taken his team to another level and Boley's seeing it and he's now giving him my extra firepower to go and do it.
2: Honestly, you know what? Um, I think outside looking and maybe a lot of Premier League fans are like, who's this random American coming to our league trying to change things? But the thing is, is he's clearly a businessman mm-hmm. and he's seen success and he, he, he knows how to make money yeah. and maybe this guy just, he's one of those businessmen men who look at something. They're like, okay, this is the right decision. Cause he's just so good at what he does and he knows how to call it when he sees it. So, you know, I mean, this is something that I definitely would love to see happen. I'd love to see Ronaldo go to Chelsea. I personally, I do not like Chelsea. I would buy a Cristiano Ronaldo, Chelsea, Jersey solely because of what's happening him at, happening to him at United. And I, I'd want to see him succeed at Chelsea and then at that point if if he was given that opportunity and it proved success for him I think that I would I'd say Todd Bowley is just so smart and he made the complete right decision because yeah. Liam we were saying with Tuchel that you know at least for me Chelsea's not going to do well in the Champions League they just topped the group under Potter like yeah. how much of a change like this is what goes to show Juve needs to take notes here a change in management um, which I know a lot of people I believe it was Thierry Henry who said Juventus needs to give Allegri more time. And a lot of people were saying the same thing about Tuchel with Chelsea, but maybe that change in just a manager and, and how he views the team in terms of tactics and, and decisions that need to be made can turn things around. And that's what we're seeing with Chelsea. They gave Salzburg their first, um, they just gave them their first loss and over in, in 40 matches at home in across all competitions. It's not an easy thing to do. And again, Chelsea, I wrote them off and they're killing it.
1: Yeah. I, um, yeah, I'm just looking here to see. So it was right after they lost to Zagreb in the Champions League is when uh, Tuchel got sacked. Chelsea haven't lost a game since. They're barely conceding goals. I'm looking here. They conceded yesterday in Salzburg, United, and then in the Premier League, they've conceded once in the Premier League in one, two, three, four, five games. Uh, sorry, twice. Five games, conceded two goals. It's not bad.
2: I mean, you know what? That change made me eat my words. Because I, I don't think I had Chelsea doing well at all.
1: No, I didn't either. And I don't like to say this, but Brighton are falling quite far down the table now <laughs> yeah. without uh, Graham Potter. So it just kind of shows the level of manager he is.
2: All right. Well, there we go. We'll keep an eye on, on that. But right now, speaking of managers, there is a new manager of Aston Villa. And mm-hmm. you, I I was, saw your tweet yesterday. I uh, don't understand this move, Liam.
1: Uh, so, I've, I've thought about this actually probably way too much. But
2: no, it's good because I did too. I, I listened to about like 15 videos of people talking about this because I wanted to understand how people are digesting this move.
1: This, for some reason, reminds me a lot of when Ancelotti went to Everton.
2: Okay, so probably. Like, like, why?
1: Why? Yeah. Like, I just don't understand. Like, Villa in England is a big, big team, they have a lot of good support. Mm-hmm. A lot of good players have come through there. But right now, what are they, like four points above relegation? Very close to You've, relegation zone. And the only reason they're, they're that is because they beat Brentford over the weekend, <laughs> I think it was, which also really grinds my gears, which I'll touch on quickly. <laughs> so you can't score goals at all under Steven Gerrard. He did not look good at all. And then all of a sudden you can go and score four against Brentford. Who are a very good team in the Premier League. Like, they'd be United earlier this season. It just, like, really grinds me when you see these players. They clearly have given up on Gerard. Do you, do you think,
2: hearing you say that, do you think, in your opinion, that must have been, do you think maybe Gerard lost the locker room? Do you he think maybe there have. was tension between him and the players where the players were like, we don't care?
1: They mu- he must have. Had it must to have, have been more to something it, hey? like that. Yeah. Because it's just, you don't just flip a switch. Mm-hmm. I guess it's two ways. It could be that way or, like, we just got this guy sacked because we weren't doing well enough. Like, we've got to be better now. True. It's got to go either way. Yep. Either way, like, it's <laughs> crazy. You lost him at his job, and now here we are. So, anyway, with the Emory thing, you've gone from Villarreal, who are uh, one of the better teams in mm-hmm. Spain. Oh, we got to go. Number Four. eight. Porto. Nice. I don't know who that was. Um, Anyway. Back to my rant. So, Villarreal went to the Champions League semi-final last year, four points out of a Champions League spot now, and a really progressing team. Mm-hmm. One that's kind of getting back to where they belong in Syria. Uh, sorry, in La Liga. And then you got to Villa who is four points above a relegation spot. whose big summer signing was Philip Coutinho, who <laughs> hasn't been good for like I know. six years. It just seems like such a backwards move, and I think. A, a, <laughs> It's got to be a, a redemption thing. Has for him. to be. It has to be because it didn't end well at Arsenal for him, and I don't know. It's just weird to go from managing like PSG, Sevilla, Valencia, Arsenal, Villarreal to Aston Villa. Like I just don't, I don't get
0: it.
2: So I think, and I, I completely agree because he's a manager who's super experienced, has success in La Liga, who's well liked in La Liga, and has managed. Good players. This guy knows what he's doing, right? But I think if you think back to the last time he was in the Premier League with Arsenal, fans weren't happy with him. I was saying to you, Liam, like um, off-camera that the first season was good, but the second season it seemed like Arsenal went in a completely different direction. But the thing that I think isn't talked enough about was the context of that situation. Cause I believe Wenger was just out after yeah. 22 seasons. Emery was the guy who came in to replace Wenger. So think about it for almost for over two decades, the players, uh, the club, and even the media had only known one guy and that was Wenger. So, Emery was put into a position not only like big shoes to fill, but every little thing that went wrong was probably His inflated. Fault. Exactly, yeah. super criticized, and a job that he kno- he knew when he took was going to be extremely like it was a pressure cooker. Um, now I'm not saying Emery didn't make any mistakes because there were there were a lot of things that you know he probably in hindsight would have done differently. But I think like you said, this is going to be almost a redemption for him. Like I can come back into the best league in the world take this team that maybe doesn't have the highest of expectations and turn it around and then respect will be put in my, put on my name.
1: Yeah. And Villa have a lot of good players. Like Ramsey's a guy I like in the midfield. Ollie Watkins is really good. Like the Diego Carlos is also another one. He's been injured quite a bit for them this season. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a lot of talent there and Martinez, another one, the goalie. Um, so it shouldn't take a lot to turn it around I guess, you know, Emery's a, obviously a really good manager Was he won the Europa League however many times. Yeah. And it's a good hire for Villa. I was a little surprised. I did think he was going to kind of come from within mm-hmm. England, I suppose. But just shows the pull of the Premier League too, that they're able to attract these massive managers for teams who are not doing yeah. well at all. Like, yeah. so... Yeah, I guess we'll see how he goes. I think he'll do well. I'm, I was never really worried about Villa being relegated because of the, the squad that they have, and I kind of feel that way about Leicester, too, yep. to be honest. So we'll see. Um, who do they even have coming up here? They have Newcastle on the weekend. Definitely not being Newcastle. My boys, my toons. <laughs> <tunes. laughs>
2: um, you know what? I, I like it because... Um, Like, hold on. Let's look at his record with Arsenal when he was there. 43 wins, 15 draws, 20 losses in all competitions. Finished one point out of the top four in his only full season. Lost the Europa League final and then fired after 18 months. I think this might be something that maybe, I'm not Emery, obviously, maybe it haunts him a little because he knows how good of a manager he is, which Mm -hmm. has been proven in La Liga. Um, And he's like, okay, now I want to come back and rewrite what my name looks like in the Premier League. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, he is leaving a team that's good and, and in a league that he knows, you know, maybe he's comfortable in at this point. And he's like, okay, now I'm going to switch it up because this is a challenge and, you know, almost challenge accepted.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because you go back and look through his managerial career. And so he, he managed Valencia, had a mm-hmm. 48% win record, left them in May 2012, came back to the Syria. Uh, I keep saying Syria La Liga. Uh, managed Sevilla for three years, fifty-one win percentage, and then he came back again after he stood at Arsenal, for Villarreal to a 51 percentage. So, like, he's clearly a man that likes to go back and prove himself yep. over and over again. So, why not? Hopefully, he does well. Villa uh, is good. They have a lot of good players. A lot of good English I agree. players too. So. I well, agree. Selfishly, I wouldn't mind seeing him do a bit better.
2: I was uh, <laughs> cracking up. So many people on Twitter were like, "He's he loves the teams that have Villa in it, like Villa oh, yeah. Vi- Real, yeah. Aston Villa. They're like, he's attracted that. to all the Villas. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's funny. Um, well, best of luck because yeah. Aston Villa has probably one of the most hardcore fan bases it is. I've seen ever. Um, and that's going into my take about Barcelona fans here in a second. Uh, so I hope that he has success there. And, and I hope he rewrites his legacy in the Premier League because I think he was put in a tough situation and I think maybe now a few years later it might look a little different for him yeah yeah so but uh, speaking of Barcelona inters beating Victoria Pleasant one nothing right now
1: I'm shocked
2: <laughs> <laughs> Liam what are you gonna do when you know your take from what two two months ago now is yeah. absolutely accurate <sighs> tell probably, the people
1: probably gonna have a nice warm bath yeah. bubbles yeah <laughs> a glass of champagne and pour <laughs> and let the bubbles foam over into my other bubbles oh my and just...
2: Can we make that a meme soon and, and yeah. Photoshop your face on something? <laughs>
1: It'll be nice. It'll be nice. I like being right. I mean, who doesn't? The uh, yeah. It's been good. It's been a good run. My Newcastle one is going very well. My Arsenal one is going well. Not a good result of the weekend for Arsenal, but... I'm feeling confident. Eventually, I'm going to go ice cold and everyone's going to come no, after me.
2: No, I, um I don't know if this is too early to say because I'm going to just assume that Inter either win or tie this game and Barcelona's out of the Champions League. But Barcelona right now is so overrated. Yeah. And the fan base needs a hardcore reality check.
1: Yeah, it's... Um They've invested a lot for short-term success that hasn't come.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think the loss against Real Madrid kind of shows where they are in the La Liga as well. So they're not a million miles away by any means. They have yeah. a lot of good players, but they're not close either. No. So... Long way to go.
2: So when I said that Jude Bellingham should have won the Copa trophy over Gavi, Barcelona fans told me that the only reason why Bellingham did well is because he's in a farmer's league. (laughs) By that logic at this moment in time, you guys are a farmer's team because to be back to back champions league rejects headlining the Europa league is wild. And to me, It's not, injuries aren't an excuse. Uh, You know, the rebuild narrative isn't an excuse because you are led by Xavi with world-class footballers on your team. We can list them. Lewandowski, Gavi, Pedri, Frankie de Jong, Dembele, and more. Like we we can go honestly throughout the whole roster that you guys now putting your faith, putting the fate of your Champions League run in the hands of Inter, is scary. Like it should not happen. And until Barcelona is able to have a solid Champions League run and address issues that happened in the game in the past that they're going into like when they go into that next game until they're able to address everything and clean it up and have a solid Champions League run. I do not think they're as good as everyone thinks they are. And I think that they have great potential, but for now they're overrated.
1: Yeah, they are overrated. And I think a big part of it for me is is Xavi. Like, you just got to gain the experience. We mentioned it on the last show mm-hmm. he's not coached at a high level for a while. And it's going to take time. Like, there's probably a lot of personalities in that room. But at the end of the day, at the Barcelona, they're always going to be able to attract the best players. And it won't be long before they make their way back. And But, yeah, to say, I don't know. I don't think Xavi should have won no. That award, I think it was Bellingham. Gavi's probably like two or three to his defense, but yeah, I don't know. But he's yeah, he's you know. not
2: bad by any means. I'm no. actually really looking he's definitely not bad. I, I'm really looking forward to watching him play. I'm gonna keep a close eye on him today against Bayern Munich. Um but Jude Bellingham, what he's doing at Dortmund is 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 amazing to see. And, you know, I just am so tired of this Bundesliga narrative about the Farmers League when Barcelona, I'm sorry, but to be out of the Champions League and back to back, and I'm gonna assume that's what's gonna happen here today. Mm. Uh, it's just Barcelona growing up for me was the most iconic club. When CETIA kinda of started to like fade out, Barcelona was the club. Yeah. And for them to for this to be happening with again signings like Lewandowski, who has I think he's the top scorer in La Liga, it can't be be happening
1: it is unacceptable
2: i agree i say that every show but it honestly it's like my saying it's unacceptable (laughs) uh yeah it's a low Yeah. So that's what it is. Uh, I'm going to take a second to give our friends Uber One a shout out because uh, instead of saving on food delivery with your Eats Pass, you now can get an Uber One membership that provides discounts on both Uber and Uber Eats, which includes grocery. Uber One is a membership to save on deliveries, groceries, rides, and more. $0 delivery fee, $5 off of rides and off of Eats. Sign up today. We're members and we'd love to be for you to be a part of the Uber One membership team,
1: join us. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Anything else you want to touch on, Liam? Before we sign off and get ready to watch some champions? What's what are the champions? Easy. <laughs> <I'm wrong. laughs> You're, You're da, way better da, da. than me. <laughs> 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 Something like that. Sorry for anyone listening. Your ears are probably bleeding right now. I'm extremely tone deaf, so I don't even know what I'm saying. Well, I can't think deep. of any way to top that.
1: Extra, so maybe that's how I'll just do the show. I'll just sing the Champions League. Sometimes yeah. we disappear,
2: guys. We, honestly, yeah, that should be, <laughs> <laughs> be, our, should be our, presented by Uber One. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we'll be back tomorrow because there are so many games today. Uh, quickly, just to go. Oh, wow, two nothing Inter. Sorry, Barcelona fans. I like Barcelona. I want to make this very clear before I hop off. I like Barcelona fans or Barcelona. The fans that are crazy are the ones who need a reality check. And I'm gonna. Uh, I don't my, read my comments, so. Do oh you. my gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh! If you guys want to know why I feel this way, please go read the comments on my on my social media pages. You'll understand. Um, so today, who do we have? We have Barcelona, Marseille, Frankfurt, Ajax, Liverpool. Just can't wait for that. Napoli Rangers, Tottenham Sporting. Where so. is that
1: Napoli game? Is it in Rangers or Napoli?
2: Um, I have a f- I mean, feeling I it's it. Napoli.
1: It is. And yeah, it is
2: in So So mm, There you go. Lots of good stuff. Lots of good stuff. We'll be back tomorrow with our recap and let us know what you think in the comments. Goodbye. That's a wrap for another episode of Kicked Back and thanks so much for listening. You can catch Caroline and Liam here every single week on Tuesdays and Thursdays to give you the latest rundown on all things football. Please don't forget to subscribe and give us a nice five-star rating. Please and thank you. And for even more Kicked Back content, follow the 90th minute on all your favorite social channels. See you next time.